Hemshechayim Beis, volume 1, up to chapter Kuv Chofalov, 121, that's page Reish Lamedal 234, the beginning of Discourse 31. V'lo yochel Yesuf Lisapik. Shabbos Pasha Vayigash, 100 years ago, Tafresh Ayin Gimel. And just as we've been doing, the Friedrich Rebbe says, what is the summary? The primary shining, the primary brilliance or brightness of the energies and containers are on the levels that are higher than Atsilis. So it's interesting, if you look here, these are called, this is officially called the content of the beginning of each mimer. The truth is that some of them times is the content of the end of the mimer, sometimes but the Friedrich Rebbe summed it up in his own way. So the last three mimerim, Padu Shalom, he said, Svidus Evan Sapir Primis Akalim. In Lamed, that's 29, Maimer 29. Chanukah Maimer, said, Svidus Behiris Mitzada Eir. And now, saying, Ikar Behiris Deiris Akalim Madregis Shalomayel Madzilis. So you see here the the gradation, the, what was I going to say, the expansion, the growth of how, or how he's climbing the ladder where Evan Sapir really is. So it began with the Kalim. First he said, All Kalim. Remember, Kalim of Atzillus, as opposed to garments, are revealers. Garments are the concealers. Then, and the whole discussion of Yaakov and Esau. Then he went to Primis HaKalim. That the truth is, in chapter, um, and I'm just summing up, chapter 120, 116, he says, in truth is, are also relatively concealers. And the real place is Primis HaKalim. And then in the last Maimer, my Hanukkah, as the Friedrich Rebbe writes, the main thing is now moving to Er. That the real Behirus is Er, not even Keli. And at the end, what we learned last was in Er itself, not only the Er of Atsilis, not the Er of Esos but the Er that's higher than Atsilis. So you see here, literally, he's climbing from Kalim to um, to Primisa Kalim, to Er, to Primisa Er, all the way to. Basically, Kaili to Primisa Kaili, to Primisa like he said, as we learned in the summary of the last chapter. So that, to me, is a brief summary of really the whole flow. Now, obviously, all this follows Sphira's story and Sphira's number. So what we have here, and we're really coming now, this is the last mimer of this first section. After this, the Rebbe Shab will take a break. Till Shavuos. We'll discuss, we'll continue learning, obviously. But... Uh, or the other way, I mean, everything's Ashraq brothers. In general, in general, the Rebbe Rashab would leave twice a year. One, once in the winter. Rebbe was like the end of December, basically. And uh, for health reasons, it says in Tchanichonah that, that the doctors told him to go to warm climates and near water. Which is why he went to south of France, Menton, and those places. And the second time would be in the summer, after Shavuos. Uh, yeah, but but but, this, but after Shavuos he usually went just not far from Lubavitch, maybe 100 kilometers. Would, I wrote up a, a a review of all the summers where he spent. And they're all relatively. Uh, I don't know the reason. Listen, <laughs> I spend the summer in Lubavitch without air conditioning. It's like a... okay, or maybe Mashem et Sadegavik and the Rebbe has no choice. I don't think it was just a matter of heat and cold. The Rebbe <laughs> didn't move. The Rebbe Rashab, I'm sure, had other discomforts. It wasn't just heat and cold. But that was the two reasons. The two, the two. 
And when he stood for hours by oil, for years there was no air conditioning, no heating. What are you, what are you trying to make? That happened to, uh, that they, they, they wrote, their lives were controlled by comfort zones? That's for sure now. That I can tell you. <laughs> they were, uh, uh, you're asking technically. You want to know the reasons? That you, you can speculate whether it's air conditioning or heating. Um, uh, but uh, I, I would say it's deeper reasons. Uh, but um, but I'm just giving you the facts. We know the facts are like that. In Tafrishai and Hay, so I and Gimel, this was every, this was, so Vayigash, meaning basically from Vayigash, from Vayichi, till, I don't know, he may have come back. You know, there's no, there's, there's, there's history, you could read, read it. But generally, he continued, he resumed Shvus, Ayin Gimel, and did the same thing in Ayin Dalad. Again, Ayin Gimel goes all the way, Shvus, all the way through Tishrei. And I believe uh, that also, let's see, let's let's see technically. So Ayin Dalad, I think also ends, either Vayigash or close to Vayigash, let me see. Yeah, here we are. Vayera. So Ayin Dalad is Vayera. Then, interestingly, in Ayin Hay, some say because the war broke out. Because in Tofresh Ayin Vov, which would be 1916 already, or 1915, they already moved from the Babish to Rostov. So in Ayin Hay, which means equivalent of 1915, the Maimorim go every week. It's relentless then. There's no stop at all. So where we are now is this, sort of the sort of speak, the end of section one, but we haven't ended yet. It's a pretty long Maimor as it is. And I just summed it up that we're talking here about the interface, of course, of the spheres and climbing from number to story and then to brightness with transparency and clarity, which is Sapir Behirus, and that, that went through the Kalim and to the Eris. So essentially in the story of Yaakov, Yaakov, by taking the stone, which is the Kalim, the Asius, the letters, that on their own are like Doimim, they're empty, empty shells, mineral, compared to the intelligence within. He elevates that, unites it, uh, draws down the oil, which is from Chochmo, or from the Primis Akesa, and as a result of that, that leads, that's setting the stage for Matan Torah and for ultimately the future, when he will return both level dimensions of peace, as he explains in Torah Air, El Beis Avi to the house of my father, which is my father refers to Yitzchak, which is L'Asid Lovi Mashiach, and then the Havaya today, which are like the energies, the Gvul energies that are in the containers will be Elikim of the future, meaning it will be like a container, that air will be a container for far to Er Habligvul, the Er Etzema Er that's higher than Atzilis. And then the stone that I had turned into Matzeva, that I had lifted to my work, that brought to this to the Mashiach, will in turn become Yia Beis Elikim, will become a house for which Elikim, for the higher Elikim. Not for Havayel because containers can contain energy. But then, now it will be containing, Beis HaLekim will contain that what was once Havayel that was higher than containers will now be able to be inside the containers. And that energy, of course, leads to the higher Havayel, which is um, Yitzchak, like he says, eight times Havayel. 
That will be the, the higher revelation that will come when Mashiach comes. And that all will be in that Elakim, it'll all be in a premius inside Kalim. So basically you have the total seamless flow. There'll be containers and energies, but no longer will it be just containers to minimal energy. There'll be containers to highest levels of energy. So how, how do we distinguish between the Kalim as they are Kalim to the energy today? So today, Kalim is the Kalim to the Ersesphere's air. Oh, that's how he explains it. So there's Eris in the spheres, in the Kalim. That is today. Through Aveda, of course, through Yaakov's Aveda. Then there's air, Etzema air, but it's still not Silas. That's like uh, somewhat above the containers. Right. Then there will become that Havaya that's above the containers will become Alakim. And in turn, what will happen next will be the revelation of the higher Havaya. Okay, we got it. So, that that's the key here. So in other words, in existence as we have it right now, there's a matter of containers and they're concealed. And uh, they reflect a diminished type of energy. Yaakov's Avedes, he elevates it as much as he can do. Throws down more and more until the moon even becomes full. So now the containers are containers, but what? To the energy of Atsilis. The primus containers are to the Etzema air. The regular containers is to the Chetzenius air. He said that as well earlier. He said that. It's a very important piece. Yeah. And the primus Akeli reveals the Etzema air. But then there's an air that always remains higher than the container. So that's like the Havaya de la Ela, the Havaya de la Tata that is not coming down to Alakim. Mashiach comes, the Havaya of today becomes Alakim, so that's in containers. The containers are now containers, the stone is now a container for base Alakim, for that level. And that level in turn allows a higher dimension of Era Bligvul to now flow in. So you have all the levels covered. Got it. What's the best we can do today? The best. We can do a taste of the future also. I mean, remember, there's no real limit. It's all relative. Generally speaking, all the levels exist today too. But in the full-blown sense, it will be loss of love. So you just think of it as levels. And the, the complete level is when the Eir HaBligvul is flowing into Eir HaGvul. And the Eir HaGvul is flowing into the containers. You have a transparency from the bottom up. The best that can be possible, you don't want to destroy the kalim. They're always going to be a dira b'tachtenim. So best possible, obviously, in the full-blown sense, is la'asad lave. But we have a taste of it all, like Martin Taylor, example, is a taste of what will be in the future. The way you would put today, you'd say, is today, before Avoida, the kalim are empty. You don't feel, you don't sense, like we like in a regular life. When you do a mitzvah, that's what he said, you do a mitzvah, the keli becomes, begins to become, your physical entity becomes a container for godliness. Torah is a little higher. Er is already more, more than just keli. So we have all the taste of it all. It's just a matter of, in the full sense of it, it's all those stages in history. Okay. I think that's a critical piece. Now, Veda, this piece about mitzvahs is very, very important. 
because mitzvah it says like there's a mitzvah shenasim devarim atachten kelim lelakus al derekem laatzilus, and then teir is the yichud of eris. So then biras a kelim that's the yichud of mitzvahs. Look, the, the ultimately it comes down to you need Torah mitzvahs. Mitzvahs, the mile of a mitzvah is that it's literally with a physical thing. It's tachtenim. It's in the material existence. The chesaron of it is once it's in the in kelim, you don't have the ultimate high, highest revelations. When it comes to Torah, on the other hand, you have higher revelations, but it's through sublime work. It's not material work. It's more the mind. It's more learning and so on. That's why you need Meir Mitzvah and Tered. You need them both. It's a question of Gili and Etzim, essentially. The Kalim containers are far more connected to to uh, the Etzim, but the Gili is not there. On the other hand, Er is more primarily Gili, Revelation. So um, what you want to have is a... You know, today's world, the distortion is that nothing is revealed. So all you have are empty shells, at least consciously, it's empty shells. We don't see any revelation. Um, you want to, what you want to have is like I explained with the kindergarten example, with the letters. You want to have that the letters become containers for energy, and then they become containers for deeper energy and deeper energy. And it has to be a constant flow, back and flow, back, back, a ebb and flow, as they say, back, back and forth, where you want it to be internalized and integrated, and you want it at the same time to be transcendent and that's the ultimate challenge how do you join fuse transcendence and and imminence and integration i mean it's a challenge everything in life where you're trying to um, always aspire to something more than you have right now at the same time you want it to be grounded you know for example um when someone says i'd like to have a peaceful life so how peaceful do you want it to be if you want it to be totally peaceful so if you look like a cardiogram, the most peaceful uh, place is a straight line. But you don't really want to have in a cardiogram a straight line because that's essentially death. That means the heart isn't beating. The nature of a heartbeat, and same like the nature of breath, both are life forces, is it looks like this. It looks like a wave. You just don't want to have, be a wave where it goes, the, 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 mount, the, val- the hills are out of proportion with the valleys. You want it to be balanced. What that means psychologically and spiritually is that a human being has to have a healthy measure of angst, which means a level of restlessness. If it's too much restlessness, then it's a very high peak. It's like aspiring too much. And you also need to have resolution. So it's tension and resolution. It's the secret to everything in life. You need to have some measure of tension which causes you to motivate you to grow. And then you have to have a measure of resolution. So if you were to make a psychological cardiogram of your Aratze Vashuv graph of your life, you can ask yourself on a daily basis, do you have a healthy measure of tension, a healthy measure of resolution? Most people's lives are unbalanced. The question is which way? For some it's a lot of tension. Um, and for others it's too much resolution. They're too comfortable with themselves. And, uh, and needs to always have the balance. There's no way that one works without the other. Now, also the question is what your tension about. Some people make tension about things they shouldn't make tension about because they determine in their minds that there's a certain goal they have, which not necessarily is a, uh, a goal that God wants them to have, or they may not achieve it. So that would be also 
an unhealthy measure of disproportionate attention based on an unrealistic uh, expectation. Which is why I always say the most important thing is to know what your mission is. Because when you know what your mission is, you know that's where I have to have tension and resolution. Not someone else's mission. You know, if you look at somebody else and say, hey, I wish I was like that person, you already might have started the wrong place. It has to be your cardiogram, not someone else's. And everybody has their measure of Edis and Kalim. I'm just translating Edis and Kalim a little more uh, practical. So it's a matter of this, this balance. Ultimately, as a person uh, integrates more into their lives, their tension also grows. What I mean by that, not that tension itself grows, they grow toward aspiring to greater levels, like Misha Yeshle Mandarates Messiah. Someone who has something wants more. So if someone who's already accomplished, their tension is going to be far higher than another person. So what it all comes down to is both the balance of Edis and Kalim. Edis are up, going up, Kalim are grounding. And as well as knowing with where your Eir and Kalim is. Uh, meaning to say where it should be, uh, where it should be w- wisely placed. So next time you talk to Mashpia, that's a way of just framing the question in a, uh, I guess, in a more Hasidic uh, type of formula context of where your Ratzi Veshuv is. Is it misplaced? And then how much Ratzi is going on, how much Shuv, how much Eir, how much Keli. So that's um, a summation of where we're up to till now. So, so far, as I said, the steps are, we started from, in the, in the third interpretation of, of Sviris, which is Evan Sapir, we spoke about he spoke about behirus, meaning clarity, transparency. Just to explain a little more transparency in practical terms, you know, um, when you ask people, who are you? So most people give you their business card, if they have a business card. Or they start describing what they do, not who they are. It's very hard to answer who you are, because we don't even know who we are. We know very little about who we are. We know what we do. You know what, you, what we do on a daily basis. Who you are, you have to get into your psychology and to the unconscious and your soul and so on. So there's a real imbalance in our, pers- in our personal life between who you are and what you do. Now, spheres of Atsilas don't have this problem, just for the record. They're very functional and very healthy. Why? Because every, everyone knows who they are and what they do. The Kalim are what they do and the Eiris are who you are. So if you talk about the Eir of Chesed, it's who Chesed is, the personality, the, the true meaning of Chesed. Chesed of Atzilus is aligned with Chesed of God, which is godliness, which is to give, to give in a healthy way, with a healthy flow. The role of Gvura, who Gvura is, Gvura is God's ability to withhold or to discipline or to channel, however you want to define it, Elikim. The Keli, the Keli is what, how, what it does. How does chesed manifest? Chesed in zdok is in giving. Gvur is in stopping something. So you have there uh, who you are and what you do are aligned. As soon as you go into the world of Bria, you see the Asiya, that starts becoming a misalignment or a disalignment or a malalignment. I'm not sure which one. You can look it up. Um, what we call dysfunctional. But it's not. It's still holy worlds, so it's still not the way. Uh, don't confuse it with dysfunctionality in this world. But right now, already you have more concealment. As you have more concealment, the kalim become more dominant. What means the kalim more dominant? What you do becomes more important than who you are. Not what more important, more revealed, more obvious. 
And as you go further down, as the air gets more concealed, we almost don't see the nisham of something. So someone looks now, you're sitting here right now at this table, what does God want you to do today? So, you know, we're not really sure. You know, because we don't have like a revealed message. So you're from Jew, you follow the Torah, Halacha, Shulchan tells you. You're shliach or chassid, you follow what the Rebbe says. But generally it's all concealed. So to who you are, it's not so easy to discover. What you do is what you end up doing. Whatever it is comes your way. You know, you have to make a living, so you end up doing this, odds and ends. You have to go shopping, you have to walk, you have to eat, you have to sleep. You know, material life controls us. So in this world, not only the kalim, it's the levushim, as we discussed. Complete concealment controls us. So the who you are and the what you do is very far apart. Now when you start realigning it, it there's three steps. Or more than three, but generally three. Spheres. First you begin by taking your, the quantity of your life, the number of your life, which is really the tangible, concrete things that you're doing. You can put it in the words of, uh, of, the, of uh, Yaakov, you take Avne HaMokim, which is the scattered, fragmented uh, pieces of this material world, and you start trying to figure out what do these numbers mean. You come to realize that there's a deeper dimension, that the number really has also quality within it. We talked, we learned this at length, with Eshadar Kalimnes and Kol Shadar Kalimnes, to the point where you start really as appreciating the quality in the things you do. Then you climb to the next story and you start realizing, one second, Sfira also tells a story. All these things that are that are, what I do tell a story about who I am and my purpose in life. And then you come to Behirus. Behirus is where it's totally transparent. What you do and who you are is a very thin membrane, very thin difference between Eir and Kaili. Where, like, think of a healthy body and an unhealthy body, God forbid. In an unhealthy body, the blocks whether it's stopping the circulation from flowing well, whether you have thick uh, arteries that, uh, that uh, you know, blockages in the arteries, God forbid, or your breath is not. Whatever it is, health and lack of health essentially means the flow between the energy and the spirit of your neshama is not flowing through the kaling properly. Any block, whether it's a block that doesn't let you see clearly or your nose is stuffed. I mean, from the big, worst problems to the biggest problems, it all comes down to that a kaling and air are not aligned. Each, obviously, different containers of your body have different type of alignments. Your nerves need, you know, a pinched nerve. What's a pinched nerve? That the flow is not going through because something is pressuring it. It would be like a, like, like, a, like a pipe. Someone squeezes the pipe that the water can't flow through. And what's a healthy body? A healthy body is behiris. The kalim are pure channels, transparent channels for there. There's still containers. There's still a body, not an air. But it's flowing. You look at a healthy newborn child, Thank God. Everything flows. You look at a child breathing, you see, you can literally see their chest heaving up and down. Why? Because the breath is going through, they're using all their lungs, 100% of the lungs, it's a pure flow. Until the child starts breathing in toxins, starts developing bad habits, learns from adults how to become corrupt, etc., both physically and mentally and emotionally. And what happens is the kalim begin to not be used fully. So by the time we're wherever age we are, we're not using 100% of our lungs. We're not using 100% of anything. Of our brains, that's for sure. Children, by the way, no one uses 100%, but you see their activity, the fact that they're constantly active means their brains are very active. They're constantly exploring on their level. We, we can sit on a pota- like a couch potato, sedentary, for hours, 
a sense. A child is not capable of doing that because the child, everything is flowing. The brain is moving, the heart is moving, everything is flowing. It's a flow. I said before, like a Ratzin like Shuv. Air and Kaylee are constantly in motion, basically, fluid. And as, we, as material life takes, takes hold of us, we become less mobile. Even if you have a mobile app or a mobile uh, device. The, 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 the device is mobile, but you are not necessarily mobile. Yeah. So bottom line is, I'm just giving examples how you can apply the idea of behirus. So behirus, you can imagine, is a pretty powerful level. That's total health. That means there's a, a very transparent, and the flow is complete. So at Silas, of course, it's complete. When Mashiach comes, it will be complete. Like he said, not only that the Eir and Keli will be, it'll also be having Eiris Abligvul coming through these channels. So think of it like now, our mind, even if it's as best working at its best, is still a limited amount. Imagine if the flow was complete, you'd be having a flow of creativity and higher consciousness all the time. So that's what Behirus is. And then the Behirus itself, we discuss Behirus and Kalim, there's Behirus and Eir. So obviously these are all the levels of aligning what you do with who you are. With the fullest being is who you are, not just who you are. The highest level would be not only who you are, but also your whole bligvul potential, your whole infinite potential. And then the container level. So in, in Aveda, mitzvahs, you take a physical thing, a cloth, a piece of parchment that was once a piece of flesh, hide of an animal, you turn it into a parchment, you makadish it, you sanctify it, it becomes mezuzah, stop filling or sefer or, or You've literally taken a physical thing and made it a keli. So it's a behirus now. When it was on the back of an animal, it was concealing the divine power it has. Now it's a piece of sefer It's holy forever. But it's still a keli that's now transparent, so to speak. That's like a healthy keli. And then there's the levels of behirus, the primis keli, when you start reaching into teira, which is a teira er, until you get even to the highest level of teira, which is primis he calls it teira se the levels of bligvul. But the bottom line, it's all about uh, transparency. The contrast is our world where everything is concealed, almost everything is concealed, and we have to begin to just first unveil the cloaks and the shrouds. So now he's going to continue on this highest level of behirus, where we reach now, is that we went through the regular containers are reflectors, like you said, the body, the physical body, and the organs and limbs of a human being are, in the health, are not like garments that you wear. Garments are concealers. They protect you from the cold. They, they hide who you are. Your faculties reveal. That's the lowest level of behirus, Caleb, of Atzillus, like Evorim. Okay? The next level is Primis. Hakelim. Primis Hakelim, you could say, is like Evarim Primim. There's a big difference in your hand and your heart. Your heart definitely is a far greater Kelim for Chayas, for life, than your arms. And he doesn't mention it, but I'll just, for example, be, you, you're dependent on your heart for life and your brain. So you could say the mind and the heart are the two vital organs, most vital organs. It's more Primis Hakelim, and therefore they also draw more Primis air. There's far more air in the Shum in the mind and in the heart than there is in uh, your toes. Even though the life force is equal, but I'm talking about on a revelation level. So there you could say the containers are even more uh, con- more transparent. Then comes the two levels of behirus he spoke about in air. There's the behirus of air itself is air is an illuminator. 
Now we're not talking about now the Evarim. We're talking now the faculty. Compare the power of vision to the eye. So yes, the eye compared to uh, shades or compared to physical garments that you that are detached is a transparent channel. But the eye compared to the power of vision, the power of vision is far more transparent to the soul than the physical eye is. So you see now it's a behirus that's on a different level. And then he said there's a behirus of the etzim air, the etzim power of vision before it manifests in your eye. And then there's the air that's the mile mikhailim altogether, higher than atzilus. That was the highest level of behirus we've discussed so far. That's already revealing, so to speak, forces that don't even manifest in the eye. Well, that would be an example. In the mind, it's easier to explain it. In the mind, you have the conscious mind at work. So that's air and a keli. The brain is the keli for the mind. And the brain itself is a very translucent organ. You know, if you look at it, it's extremely sensitive and conducive to thinking. Um, just like the eye is extremely uh, conducive and tailored to seeing. Then there is, uh, you can say, there's the keichas, maskil, like we learned, the power to th- conceive. Like, where do ideas come from? But that's still, on the level we call love and atzmi, I would say, it's still, it's colorless, but it's still in the world of colors. It's seichel. And then we learned there was the keichas atzmim. How these faculties inside the soul, they don't even, you can't even call it the root or the source of seichel. And that's the unconscious, un-unconscious. So you have conscious, unconscious, un-unconscious. And the un-unconscious, I would say that is the behirus of the highest level of air that is beyond containers. So that's really the steps that we've discussed. So now we'll continue, Maimir 31, page 234. Reish Lama the beginning of chapter 121. You see, this also connects it to the, we spoke of those levels in Seichel and Maskil we learned earlier. In Sfiris, just for the record, let me just say one more final thing. What I just said in the Sfiris goes like this. Malchus is primarily, well, Malchus in Biyah is where it's concealed. Malchus in Atzillus is primarily Kalim. Teferis is the channel that leads it into more air. Chochmah is primarily air. And Chochmah is the interface. The ayin of Chochmah is, is the ayin of Keser. So Chochmah is the interface between Keser, which is the air abligvul. So Keser is the air abligvul. Chochmah is the air that's like the unconscious, so to speak. And then it comes into Kalim, all the way in Malchus. And that's the way we climb the ladder. Or in Kesser itself, the two levels that we've discussed, which is similar to the two levels in Chachma. And that's what Yaakov said. He took the stone. That's what happened with Yaakov. He took the stone, which is how it's Malchus all the way below, concealed, elevates it into a matzeva, makes a pillar out of it, pours the oil, which is, makes it into a pillar, is already Teferis, that reaches into Primis HaKesser, pours the oil, which is Chachma Ilah, and then, then he says, "V'shafti b'shalem al beis avi, v'hayavayli lelakim." So havaya of today becomes alakim of the future. Now havaya leela is a higher revelation, higher than chachma that's revealed. And that's when a matzeva has even azeis, something matzeva becomes yir lebeis alakim. As he said, yir lashon zacher, 
um, because Malchus will then be a Mashpia, not a Makabu. As we learned at the end of the Maimar of Avon like the Levana that will be in the same level of the sun. Right, very good. And when Malchus becomes equal to the sun, then it says, So then there'll be a gili of a vayalele that's even higher than both the sun and the moon of today. He doesn't mention this, but it's also what it says, that also love it says, they will take the sun out of its nartek, so it's also so that it will no longer be the elikim that concealed, it will be a higher havaya. I just wanted to tie up some of the Kabbalistic knots. Okay. So we learn in this parsha that Yesuf can no longer control himself to those that were standing around him, meaning his brothers. So you know the story. The story is that at the end of the story, Yosef and his brothers, the confrontation. Now he's already imprisoned, also Binyamin, and then Yehuda confronts him as the Arav, uh, as the as the countable one. And when Yosef sees how Yehuda is uh, ready to give his life for his brother, technically that's the reason, but all the different reasons, then it says, Le'yachol Yosef, which he was basically concealing till now, who he was, his identity, now he no longer can control himself. One of the most moving verses in the Torah, that when they reunite. The Yochel Yesuf, the Sapik, L'cholim Nitzav Malav, to all those that were standing around them, Vayikra, Hitziyu Kol Ish, and he basically he told all the people to leave, meaning the Egyptians. So he and his loan, V'loi Omad Ish Itei, and no man stood him except him and his brothers. And that's when Yesuf reveals himself. Pretty dramatic moment. And remember, these are brothers who had almost killed him and sold him into slavery. So it wasn't just a nice little reunion here. We have to understand, why couldn't he control himself? At times it says, that Yosef did control himself. What suddenly happened now that he couldn't control himself anymore? Because I think the lush in the beginning, when he first meets them, it says that he didn't tell you It says pamim. So that means, I guess, more than once. I don't remember, once, twice maybe. Okay. Gam tzarek lov, mashakasav, lo yomad ish itay. Why does he have to say, lo yomad ish itay? Kvar nemar hitziyu kol ish. He already said, hitziyu kol ish, everybody should leave. Leave. So why does the tater have to say again, lo yomad ish itay, to tell Makila that they listen to him? Kvar nemar hitziyu kol ish. What is the addition that they no one stood there with him? is referring to what it says. This is what it says. So what does the Zayah say? The seven, six, seven days we bring Shivim Parim for the nations. In other words, it's, it's connected to the world. Shemitzeres, the Ebrister says, only Tia Lachem, just me and you. Ani v'ata. Ni v'bonei, nizgalgulu. Like we'll make a suda just us, which is why it's par echot. That's the Zayar, basically. So Shemitzeres is like Yosef telling, now everyone leave, now it's just me and you. Me and my brothers. Ano umalka b'chudai. Me and the king alone. 
So he says, We have to understand what's the connection between Shemini Atzeres and that no person was there. The Zayataka connects it, but what's the deeper? It's not just Tsugichap, it's not just bringing together two, two similar ideas. There must be a connection. Okay. Someone who came to this class told me the only thing he's understanding is these lines. So I told him that's progress. That's good, because at least you know that you have to understand something. You know, there are people who don't know they don't know, and there are people who know they don't know. So that's progress. Rabbi Label Posner told me once that he brought someone to the Rebbe before the Nisias. The Rebbe suggested he learn Tanya. Or oh, actually, he asked the Rebbe, what should he learn with him? He says, learn Tanya. Fine. Learn Tanya. And the guy said to the Rebbe, I, I, don't, I don't get what's going on here. She says, come, to, we'll talk to the Rebbe's son-in-law. The, the Ramash then. So they come, and he tells the Rebbe that he heard the Rebbe suggested that you should learn Tanya, but he's learning, and it's not going anywhere. He doesn't understand anything. So the Rebbe smiled and said, okay, you already made progress. And then the Rebbe added, and Nishva stands am we said, in not understanding, we're all equal. The difference between us is some understand a little more, some less, but not understanding everybody is equal. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, so, calls the rather. Sometimes it does say That's interesting, Duke. Okay. Uh, yeah, sometimes it says it. Not in, not in the fine, it's not relevant. So as, as I've said many times, these pieces were added later. The Rebbe Rashab wrote from Behine Be'emes, where the chapter begins, was a flow that goes back to the previous chapter before Alpi Hanal. So if you really want to read it, you have to read Zayin Abihir Sha'er Megala, and then Behine Be'emes Yashlemer, and then he broke it into Maimorim and into chapters later and so on. So this piece, the Heavenly Hills Yashlagdim, actually he wrote later, when he wrote this edition, he added these connections, which why you can find sometimes the Yukim here that help understand things, because it's not, because he's writing at a different stage, so he's summing it up. So they're very helpful in keeping our bearings, if you have any bearings left. Right? Well, so here it goes like this. What we discussed earlier in the name Svirah, that's from the word illumination, brightness, shining, transparency, clarity, all the above. I don't want to miss any words. And it was explained, and this idea of illuminating and transparency was explained on the level of Kalim. We explained that in Kalim, the primary place where you see this behiros, this illumination, is in the inner containers. They don't conceal an energy because they're not a muhusachar. Let's explain. It doesn't say not a muhusachar. There's no question that the organ is a muhusachar from the faculty within it. But the primisakeli, its main focus is just being a channel for the air, for the energy. So in that sense, it's not a muhusachar. It's still a keli. So it's that, that dimension. Like when you think of um, a cup. So the cup, physical cup, is obviously a separate thing. But there's an element in the container which is like its purpose. The purpose of the container is to hold water in it. Which is why in Halacha, as I mentioned several times, when you're Metzi, Eichel, Pachas Mekashir, if you're taking out Shabbos, a piece of food, and the food is less than the amount that is also to carry, 
but it's in a keli that's larger, that, that, is a, that is a size that you're not supposed to carry. A piatera, it's not isur havara. Hitzar, rather. Not the prohibition. Why? Because not the physical, you're not looking at the physical, the purpose of the container. I mean, it's connected to malachash and sechalagufa and other different reasons. Why? Because you don't want the keli, you want the food. So then, the, what's the keli serve? But it's still a keli. It's still there. It doesn't disappear. Because you're focusing on the purpose of the container. The purpose of the container is to carry the food, and, and therefore the, you're not looking at the outer part. I'm just, just an example. So primis keli is almost more conceptual than it is physical. It's almost like the conceptual part of the container to be a container for the air. That's its purpose and role. I mean, we discussed it earlier, but I'm just elaborating a bit more. So that's the biggest level of behiris. So then the keli is almost invisible. It's not invisible if you're looking at measuring it. If you're looking at numbers, the keli weighs and is large. Is large. Or it's like anything. When you give someone a gift, the package could be this size, the gift is this size. Right? So today, sometimes people look only at the package. But the gift is what matters. And therefore, qualitatively, it's, it's, the, it's, not, it's not the quantity. It's, quantity. it's similar to the number versus quality. The primus keli focuses on the quality, not on the quantity, essentially. Okay. So that's behirus on the level of container. What about, but where is the primary place of behirus? Then you have to go to the air itself, because at the end of the day, the keli is still a keli. The real place, if you want to get pure quality, you got to go into the quality world. Not find it within quantity quality. In other words, in the container, you're finding how it's behirus. The real place is the air itself. Because air on its own, uncontained, unconfined in a container, is the air atzmi upashit. It's a pure energy. Seamless, shapeless, like the pure color white, as we had discussed. Clear white. That's why it's fundamentally, at the core level, an illuminator. It is illumination. That's what it is. It, it is illumination. The container on its own is a concealer. No, but then, only the thing is, a container could be conducive, and you can focus on the elements of the container that are revealing. But then, the day, we spoke before about who you are, what you do. Your organ, even the healthiest lungs, it's still a lung. Never then, a really healthy lung is such that it's completely transparent, so to speak, and, the, and it breathes totally through and through. Or healthy veins and arteries and so on. But if you want to really be here, you want to know what is really illuminating is the energy itself is the illuminating thing. Obviously, without containers, we have no access to it. And it's not in this world. But... You're talking about conceptually the purest form of, of, of purity or clarity is the thing itself. The air itself. And then came the second level that we spoke. And also that it reveals the So two things. Because it's such an illuminating force, let's say the power to see, or the power to conceive ideas, or the power to feel. It reveals a level that's higher than the structure of Atsilis, which means what I called before the unconscious. It reveals levels that are un- unconscious, the levels that are higher than the structure, and reveals it exactly as it is. So essentially, the color, clear color white has two roles. Number one, it's the brightest color. When I say brightest, I don't mean bright as shining, like red or yellow. But I mean bright as in neutral, and lets everything flow. It's clear. Let's say you have a pane of glass that's clear, that's the biggest behirus. 
if you if you shade it with a blue, green, yellow, it's already going to it blocks the flow. So clear transparency is is allows the the light through. It also is like he said the ayin of chokhmah, which is love and atzmi, is also allows the bligvul to go through. Because it has bitlin, has no personality of its own, it allows everything the way it is kameshahu. Remember that kameshahu goes two ways. The color white brings out, or the clear color, rather, the neutral color, clear color, clear white, brings out the true color of everything. If you put something uh, red color on a blue background, it you don't really know the color. You can't see the color. On a, on a clear background, you see the color. It also reveals the other way around. Higher levels come through the way they are, because it's not... Blocking. Like I said, the real role of a Rebbe, transparency. If you're transparent, you're not you're not uh, diluting or in any way shaping or coloring the flow. So that's what air does. So air itself is clear, as opposed to container, which is already a container, even the primisa keli. And it also, because it's clear, it lets everything flow through it. It's basically total bitl. That's what it comes down to. If you want to put it in HC Snaveda. Remember we said the Yusad of Kalaveda is that you do it simply because that's what God wants, not because you get anything from it. You're not because you get closer. It's pure in the sense, uncolored by anything. That uncolored creates a type of ability. That bit being that you're not focusing on any intention or any personal gain or anything in any way, allows everything to flow through it. Because as soon as there's something that taints it, even a kedusha, then the flow has can be complete. It can be complete. <coughs> Which is one of the reasons it says that when you daven Shani Yom Kippur, other times you say sometimes uh, I think we say it like in Darkecha, Leilamancha, or other places that we can't always know what we need. So we say to the Ebrish, you know what we need. Tell us, you tell us. Because as soon as you bring in you, you're already blocking the flow, and maybe you're not going to get what you really need because you decided you need something, and maybe that's not what you really need, or it's not the complete blessing. Why limit the blessing, so to speak? So there are times we have to obviously express from our kalim what we think we need, but there's also times where you want to just say that I'm empty. You, you, you give me what you think I need to have. That's basically total bitl. Then the flow is also complete, which is also plenty of lessons in life as well around that, right? What you ask for. Maybe it's time, you know, sometimes it's best not to shape and just let it come through. Look, there are people stood by the Rebbe the Rebbe once, somebody once came to the Rebbe and, and said to the Rebbe he wants to do a certain thing. He wants a blessing. And the Rebbe said to him, you want a blessing or you want my advice also? So he said, well, you know, if the Rebbe wants to give advice, of course, he's not going to not take the Rebbe's advice. So the Rebbe said, I'll give you my advice. Because you remember, a blessing with my advice is always a better blessing than a blessing without my advice. So his advice was that he shouldn't do it. What he wanted. So that's not what the guy wanted. He wanted to do it and have the blessing. So, so I heard from another person, and personally, directly, he was looking to change his job. And he wrote to the Rebbe three times, four times, he was not getting an answer. And he asked, uh, he asked the secretary, he says, what should I do? Can you, maybe, maybe it got lost along. He says, no, no, it's sitting on the Rebbe, the Rebbe doesn't not answer, it's quite intentional. So we know, but chassidim and not answer is also an answer. Uh, but he had, this guy actually had access to the Rebbe. So he went to the Rebbe and said, you know, he said, maybe you can use your influence to get an answer from the Rebbe for me. So she smiled. She said, if, if, if an opportunity arises, I'll, I'll try to see what I can do. 
And Menashe, she was he was close to her personally you know, she, she, since he was a child. So anyway, I think a day or two later he, he comes back to her and uh, she comes back he comes to her and she says that she says, man, you know. I had the opportunity to speak to my husband and he said to me that tell him that if he listens to what I say I'll answer him. Yeah. That was the Rebbe's sense from the letter that uh, the, the guy told me directly the story. So he said to Rebbetson, uh, of course I'm not. That's why I wrote to Rebbetson. The Rebbe said, think about what you, think about what my husband said before you jump. You know? So he thought about it. And he realized, yeah, it's probably in his notes, he was clearly leaning in one direction. And the Rebbe probably saw that it's going to be an assignment for him to, to, so better don't answer so I don't have to, doesn't have to not listen to me. The Rebbe was basically saying. And then, so he wrote into the Rebbe that uh, he you know, that he had written this letter several times. And he once told the Rebbe that whatever the Rebbe says, he's absolutely going to do. So then he got an answer within a few hours. And the Rebbe said not to, not to change jobs. He wanted to go into contracting, I think. And uh, he told me even after that, he still had an assignment. He didn't, he, he obviously listened at this point. But he realized that had the Rebbe Ataka answered, it wouldn't have been, he would say the Rebbe maybe didn't understand what I meant. And he's right, you know, another letter, another letter, you know how it goes. So what's the, what's the difference? The difference is when you go in, yeah, you can get a bracha for sure, because the Rebbe gives a bracha. He's not going to give you a bracha. He doesn't want to give you a bracha. That's a given. The question is, how much is it the Rebbe's, how much it's you and how much is the Rebbe's bracha? Or is it uncolored completely? Where someone comes in and says to the Rebbe, listen to the Rebbe, tell me what you want me to do. Whatever you say, that's what I'll do. Um, I'm just giving some examples of behirus of kalim, behirus of edus. Or, now obviously when it's uncolored in that type of way, complete bitl, also the flow of the bligvul, that's what he's saying here, also comes through. And that's the revelation that will come in the future. That will be the gili of Avayadilatata will be in the state of Elikim. Meaning, what is Elikim, what is Avayad today will become Elikim that was Elikim today. And through that Elikim, meaning the Avayad of today, will be now revelation of a higher level, because Gili Mamish. comes through Elikim, so it's literally contained in, in Elikim, but now it's complete revelation, because it's not an Elikim that conceals, it's an Elikim that reveals, it's an Eir, that's revealing an Eir Hablikvul, basically. So you could say Elikim today is Caleb. Elikim Lasulavi is Eir Hagvul, which is Avaya today. And Havayat Leil is the Eir HaBligvul. So now you have, Eir is also a transparent channel, Behirus, of Havayat Leil. And of course, Loss of Lovi, that's when it will be full manifestation. Good. So now we continue. Now, in truth, what we could say, the Ikarin Yisvirus Behirus Matzilus. So you see how he's climbing the ladder here. First it began, Behirus was Kalim compared to Levushim. Then it became primis akelim. He said the ikir is in primis akelim compared to the regular chutzenis akelim. Then he said the real behiris is an air. And now he's saying the real behiris is the air that's lifne. You already see the svidus emerging in the in in in, in, in Igulim, as he began. See the real thing is because we have understood the answer 
without all this? And the answer is no, you can't. Because not just because seichel, because you got to climb these steps. You can't get to blikvul if you don't go through. If you don't become, if you don't have bittel, and you can have bittel if you don't go through the kalim. So someone just say, you know, I'm bottled by mitzias. Yeah, my friend, you got kalim to deal with. Tell me what you're doing with your baggage before you say such bittel. The doctor can't get the atzmas before. Huh? Yeah, that's what it is. You get exactly right. No, that, 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 you see, your consistent questions is what they used to call the distinction between a polish chassid and, and a regular chassid. The answer is no. For someone who's doing it for that reason, they will not get bleakful. That's correct. What you just said, they won't get the real thing. They'll get a colored version of it. They'll get a colored version of it. Okay, so just about the... So why are they doing it? Because they want something. Because they want... Because they're shlam- yeah, yeah, for their shlamas. I'm asking if that, the thing they want is not called colored. That, yeah, it, that's called colored. I just said yes, it's called colored. And they won't get the real thing as a result. You don't hear what I'm saying? Yeah, so why My answer... Want, okay, so why do they want the real thing? They don't want the real thing. They want what they want. They don't want the real thing. If they wanted the real thing, they wouldn't make this condition. Someone who wants the real thing gives is, is let's go. Doesn't ask for it. As soon as there's, if you want it too much, it means it's you, not the thing. That's the bottom line. When Meshe Rabbeinu said he wants to see God's face, you know, God said you can't see my face. And then the Gemara says, God says, when I wanted, when I wanted to show it to you, you didn't want to look. And now that you want it, I'm not going to show it to you. Why? Because when you want it, it's you. It's no longer God. That's what I said. Two people come stand in front of the Rebbe. One says, here's what I want. I want you, the Rebbe. I want your whole etzim. But I want it on my terms. What do you think you're going to get? You're going to get your terms, not the etzim. Or someone else says, I don't want anything. You tell, give me whatever you want to give me. That's the difference. The second one is not so easy. You have to have a lot of courage. Because you see, uh, insecure people feel if they don't have their interest involved, then they're going to disappear. But a secure person can say, hey, listen, I've got nothing, you give me whatever you want to give me. That's the difference between people. Most people are not don't have the security, the courage, to be vulnerable. Let's put it that way. You understand? Because we protect ourselves. As soon as one protects themselves, they always have colors. People don't protect themselves... Now, I'm not saying it's easy, because a lot of people... That's why I wouldn't suggest that someone just goes into the Rebbe... If you want to be that vulnerable, you better be ready to be. You can, most people can't do that. Most people have interest. So you have to work. That's why they maybe worked six years or three years or one year before they went to see a Deb. Why? Why don't they just go in and pour out their heart and say, I want this, 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 I have children and this, this, this. Because they realize you're going out to see the, real, the truth. Now, everyone used the Deb before they wanted to use it. You know, the Deb told my father once. My father asked the Deb, what, what, the Deb once said to my father twice, he said this. He says, you're, you know, a journalist, you want, you can, so if you want, you can do an interview with me. So my father, both times when he was told this, he said to the Rebbe, can I ask anything? So the Rebbe said, yeah, that's a journalist, yeah, there's no censorship. So my father asked the Rebbe once, he said to him, what bothers the Rebbe most? <laughs> but that's what you would ask. You'd probably ask, when's Mashiach going to come, right? right? There you go. And you'd get, guaranteed, an answer. And like I said, you'd get what you want. Then you get what you want. You wouldn't get the Rebbe's answer. You'd get, uh, you know. 
would be interesting. If you ask the Rebbe when Mashiach is going to come, I guarantee you, even that answer. He would say to you, I'll tell you what you can do to make him come. You do that, then he'll come right now. That's what the Rebbe would say. And that, we, people would not like that answer. Because you want the magic trick. You want the pill, right? You want to say... So he answered my father with a story. He says, I'll tell him a story. He said, there was once a marshal. He says, they say this marshal about a man who, like a like an Eve, who had, uh, had oh, blessed with everything. And then there was a, a mile. They said, okay, yeah, he's very good, God-fearing, as long as he has everything. Take away, we'll see how, how, how much Amun he has, how much Yerushalayim. So yeah, that's what happened. They took away his wealth, and then they took away his family, and they took away his health. Finally, the only thing left was his body. You know, he would have nothing left. And then, then they struck him with leprosy. Sadas, that's what the Rebbe said. A terrible scratch. He was itching all over. Finally, there was Rahmanis from heaven. So they said to him, the Gabaskel said to him, that, give him one request, whatever he wants, he could have. At that moment, the Rebbe said, he had to give Ferlchikrats of the plates. That's what the Rebbe said. He had a terrible scratch on his back. That moment when they gave him the, oh, oh, ask anything. So the scratch was so terrible, he couldn't reach it. So he said, give me a back, a shadable, that's what the Rebbe said, give me a shard to be able to reach and scratch my back. So he used his, he used his, uh, his, esrats, he used his opportunity. So the Rebbe said, what bothers me is when people ask me for back scratchers, when they could ask for, for much more. That's what the Rebbe said. Wow. Interesting answer, huh? He probably wrote it up. I don't remember, but I remember the story very vividly when he told it to us. So, so this is colored. When you get colored, you get what you ask for, basically. And uh, if you if you ask for and say, listen, I don't know what I want, just give me it all, bleakvul, you're probably going to get bleakvul. So you want you want colored bleakvul. So you. I don't know what prompts somebody to want bleakvul. Nobody wants bleakvul. Nobody. He doesn't want it. He doesn't. He doesn't want it. What props are you want them? That's what I'm asking. Do fabreng with them. This guy is unbelievable. Mashk is behiris in Kalim. Ichred behiris in Eir. Who is the behiris? No, no. I got it. Mashk is behiris in Kalim. Evsha primis hakalim. Fine, we'll give it to you. Avisinish behiris Eir. Right? You know how I know? Because it doesn't last. It doesn't last. <laughs> And he doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know something he doesn't know what he wants. I told you. Can I ask a question? Why would someone not ask for a shovel? Because that's, that's... What can I tell you? I don't know what to tell you. I think we all ask for a shovel. You, you all have the same question, even. That's the reality. We ask for a shovel. That's the reality. Most people ask. Okay, so just acknowledge that. Fine. If you want to say that, good. Yes. But, but by contrast, you can understand. Uh, I understand that's what he's saying. You heard what he said to you? Yeah, really. That means that... that, that uh, I guess when you're desperate, when you attack, when your back is scratching... I'm taking a step further. Let's say you have it all. Why would you want to go to that? What motivates you to go to a place that you don't know where you're going? And what do you want? In other words, you're saying... In other words, you don't know what's, what's around the corner. What does that mean? Define... Listen. All I can do is give you. A, all I, I don't have answers to you. I can give you a bracha if you want. Okay, I'll take that too. My bracha to you is. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> it's Israel. It's Israel. 
<laughs> My bracha to you is that you learn enough chassidus, you'll start understanding that you don't always ask the question why. You're asking why. You make it like why is some type of God, some type of Avedazara that you need a why. Who says you need a why? Who told you you need whys? When you have a taiva, you also ask why you have a taiva. You just follow it. That's my point. I don't understand. Did you hear what I just said to you? Yes. So there's a lot of things there's no why in your life. Suddenly here, you need a why, why to reach Bleakville. Why? Because it's not your comfort zone. When it comes to Dainazach, you don't ask why. Why you need this. You need it, and then you figure out. I just saw that a letter to Shalom Posner. So he writes to the Rebbe that he's standing on his side and not getting involved. It looked like in some pool, and you put someone in Sechel Chutzah. So the Rebbe said, writes back to me, he says, you may, you may think I didn't notice that you wrote that line, that you're standing on the side, but let me tell you, I want to ask you if you also stand on the side when it comes to your tzarche aguf, when it comes to your physical needs, you also stand on the side. You don't, no one asks why when it comes to zikh. They only ask why in things that are beyond. So I'm giving you a bracha, that you should be able to learn, to be able to not ask why on uh, Nalakuz. That's what this just tries to okay. teach us. It's a bracha to all of us. You're, you're basically asking the same question almost 7 billion people on this earth ask. If I don't have self-interest, why should I do it? If I don't gain anything from it, why should I be involved? That's a very legitimate question when you go into business. What's in it for me? But when, when you learn other course, you come to a point that the me is not the, the ikir. Now, I can't, how much more can I say about that? By you, the me is the ikir. Not just by you, by millions of people, billions of people. I also have my issues. We don't part. We don't part. We part. One, what, 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 what do you mean we part? You you don't accept the statement. I do accept the statement. So what do you what do we mean we part? What are you trying to say? You keep saying the same thing every time. No, there's no reason. It's not true. But I don't have this question that he has. Okay. That's the difference. That's why I gave him a bracha. He should understand why they, he he's saying this is the way everybody is, and I'm saying it's not. It's not the way you have to be. There's a major difference from what we're saying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't ask this question. To me, it's a Dover Poshet. No, not the real Behirus of It's not true. You want to start, I told you, fine. So start with Shalashma, ask for what you do for your personal interest, and hopefully you'll grow. Fine. So then there's no, uh, so, so there's no question. So do that. So ask for your Sherbu. That's, I, I, I think we're learning this. No, it's not, it's not true. I don't think it's the only way. That's why you learn chassidus. Why would you learn chassidus if that's the only way? Why do we learn this, in my opinion? What, why did Rebbe Rashab spend thousands of hours writing this if it's not reachable? I personally love it. No, I asked you a question. If it's not reachable, why did he... I, no, but you didn't answer my question. If it's not reachable, why did he write it? It is reachable. Oh, so, okay, so what are you saying? So then, So that's what we have to work toward. But even before it's reachable, it's also pleasant and it's happy. And no, no, I understand that. No, but that's not why he wrote it, to make it pleasant and happy. And I'm talking about it's reachable. And as long as people ask questions that it's not reachable, they'll never get it. Unless you believe it's reachable, we go, don't go there. I can see why when you want to do the cool, there's no reason there. Even for no reason, there's a reason. That's Who told you such a thing? I keep telling you. I gave you a bracha that you'll come to understand one day. That I told you when it comes to the egg and the taivas, there's no reason. You just have a taiva. It wakes up and you are taiva. You don't ask reasons. You do it even without a reason. Why don't you accept that, what I just said? So why give me reasons? Why is, there's a thing. 
No, no. I just gave you an example of th- that you keep asking reason, reason. All your tithes you do have no reason. I mean, is a color. If you want to do something, in other words, you're saying that there's one point when there's no color, it's a straight for years, and you're doing it for, for, for. There must be a reason. There must be. The answer is no. This must be a reason. Is your own uh, is your own imagination. It's not true. That's what I'm asking. I just told you. So what? Don't tell me where. I I, I keep telling you. There's no. Yes. There's no, there no must be a reason. That must be a reason is your okay. colors. Okay, so I, I, yeah. I accept it. I don't understand it. Reason was created by God. You, you know, since when do reasons... Con- I asked you a question. How many things... How many? Can you give me how many, a list of things, how many things you do with a reason? I would say 99% of them, your choices are without a reason. Sure. So why suddenly you bring reason? Why is it so important to your reason? You know why? Because God is not your interest. Okay. And your interest controls your life. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Most of what you do is reason. Okay, okay. I hear you. I hear you. We, we, we worship reason because it, it, we don't worship reason. We actually don't think with reason. When it comes to something that doesn't fit in, we say, give me a reason. Why? Now, hopefully when you learn this enough, you come to understand what is reality. Is it more important you or is it important something higher than you? Let me ask you, when a Jew stood and was asked, and no one was around, no one was watching him, either you bookzich to this Aved Zara or we kill you, and no one will know if you do it. We're not going to announce it. Why do some people allow themselves to be killed? The most, the most basic principle is self-preservation. In Russia, there were Jews that were tortured, and as a result became Muslim. Many more than we'd like to admit. Even people we know. Because when you're tortured, you know, it brings out... There are people today who will never think possible they would ever eat human meat. Put them in a snowstorm, and there's no food, and they get hungry. They can start eating each other. So the question is, no one should ever be tested. But what do you think would happen if you were in that situation? Why is one person ready to die before he would hurt somebody else? And most others wouldn't. Is, are they born this way? And that's clear. That's, that's real black and white. You're either going to die, or you're going to bow to the way the other. No one's going to know. You come home, everyone can think you're a big hero and say, I didn't bow, they let me go. You could lie. Right? So I'm saying, why would a person die? What did he get from it? Nothing. I'm not talking about a, 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 a cult guy, a stupid, blind faith. I'm talking about a sophisticated person. You know, so, what's he? so you could say, you know what he gets? He's going to get Elam Haba in his mind. So he has an interest. Okay, maybe some people like that. But still, I think life... People don't give their lives away so fast. Chassidus says that true Messiah's nefesh is without a reason. It's just because he realizes that there's a reality greater than him. It's not about me. It's not because I'm going to get something, I'll be more me. It's because me doesn't matter. And other things matter more. Now, I know parents, as sad as it sounds, that came to a choice between them and their child. They chose themselves and not their child. Even though we always like to hear the other side's story. Because they, they, their me was more important than anything else, even their own child. Their parents who hurt their children. So I, I'm using extreme examples of you know death and the mysterious nefesh. But on a subtle level, this is every day. Are you doing it for you or are you doing it for your child? Many, most parents I know, it's more for them than for their children, as much as they love their children. Because they're insecure. And they impose on their children their own stuff. And even for their own... You know, the, I always wondered what it meant in Pasha Kisavi that a mother will eat her own child. That's what it says, right? I see it today, every day, psychologically, not physically. Mothers eat their children, psychologically, they destroy them. 
basically. You know the guy that's sitting in ther- the three women? Consume them. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> they consume them, whatever the reason is. Uh, so, the bottom line is, what, you asked if it's a question if it's reachable, it's a different question. The answer is it has to be reachable or else we wouldn't learn this. The answer why, he's, he's basically saying it's not reachable. Well, why would someone do it? The answer is there's no why when it comes to these things. You come to learn that Nisava Kaddish Baruch Hu got also a taiva, and if a taiva is stuck in kasha, there's no why. Why itself was created by God. And there are things we do that are without reason that are shtuz the klipa and there's shtuz the gdusha. The things we don't, most things we do without reason are, are to do with our own personal taivas. And we don't ask why, we just follow it because it gives me pleasure or whatever. Or it could be even stam, even not even pleasure. And, and then, there's a, then there's doing things that are beyond reason because that's what it is. You come to realize that, I guess. And you have to, you have to distinguish it from childish uh, blind faith. It's a sophisticated coming to understand that what reality is higher than our reality. I don't think you can really know who has it in them unless they're tested, really. Because everyone can we talk, we could all talk. That's why I said there were people who actually did not master in others. And they were ready to die before that. That's a very big thing. Because no one would know. You know? Look, Rabbi Yechim Zaki said to his own students on his deathbed, Halavai, this is Rabbi Yechim Mezaki's students. They're pretty high level. That they should fear God as much as they fear people. What does it mean? That for other people they would do certain things. God is invisible. So we don't... So even they needed... I didn't say it's not a madregen. But the closest thing we have is to this is a bitl tarebbe. That when Chassid just listens to Rebbe blindly... You have a little taste of this. Maybe that's why there's a Rebbeim in the later generations that they weren't there in the earlier generations. Because we don't have that type of on our own and maybe with a Rebbe that you trust and you see as a tzaddik by having that dedicated maybe helps bring out that part in us. You know, maybe Yeshem Yeshlem. There was always Nassim and so on but the Nasi Rav Bezdin in the time of let's say Shas it was not a rebbe. It was, it was, the concept of Rebbe always existed, Moshe Rebbe, but not a Rebbe the way we understand it, like in that type of sense, from the Baal Shem Tov time on. I mean, Yechidim had it. I'm sure all the Tzaddikim and Storim always had their Rebbe. But the public generally had a Rav. They had an authority, but it wasn't that type of Bittl Tarav, it was not like the Bittl Tarab. So maybe that's the reason. Even in the last. The Kedusha, I'm saying in the positive. Well, the Baal Rebbe was an unbelievable Tamachachim, but he had a Rebbe, and he was bottled to his Rebbe. That, that concept of Bitlan, every Rebbe had a Rebbe before him. There's no one just came a Godel. <coughs> the, the story that the answer that the Rebbe gave, is it a Medrash? About the Sherbel? Yeah. I never saw it. I said it's al the story of Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the story of Eve. No, the Rebbe just used it as a Moshul. Look, I remember I was, when I was teaching Beit there were two girls came to me in 12th grade. They both are written to the Rebbe, and they got two different answers. They both were offered to go on seminary in Australia. In Australia. And this is years ago, 15 years ago maybe. And, uh, no, no, it can't be 15. At least it's already, we're talking 20 years since that. It's 25 years ago. Oh, man. Time flies. I wish it was 15 years. my last 10 years. Yeah. And, and one of them got an answer from the Rebbe to go, with a whole bracha. The other one got an answer to ask her parents. So they came to me, they wanted to know if I'll be Kabbalah or something, you know, the Nisham has come from different Shirashim, 
why the Rebbe would answer one like this. I said, with, with, with all due respect, if I, if they, if they don't mind if I see what they wrote to the Rebbe. So they showed me, no problem. I look at two notes, two different notes, very different. And you see right away the story that my, my father. One girl wrote to the Rebbe, she really looks forward to this new challenge, a new country, bring chassidus there, you know, meet new people, uh, make a kiddush Hashem, a kiddush Labav. You know, she t- took on the whole challenge. And the other girl wrote the following, that she has this offer to go to Australia, it's a different country, different language, different culture, she's different food, you know, she's going to be away from her parents, away from her brothers and sisters. Basically, she, will she have all her teddy, bear, teddy, teddy, te- teddy bears? I mean, she didn't use that. You get the idea. So tell me, what, what, what do you think the Rebbe answered each one of them? You don't need no Kabbalah for this. The one that wrote like an adult got an answer for an adult. The one that wrote like a child got an answer. What you tell a child? Go to your parents. Simple as that. It's not such a Chochmah law. Basic common sense. So it all comes down to how you write. I, I, it all has all to do with how you, I, I can show you hundreds of examples. I've seen Begashmis. All what you write. You give the Rebbe, you bring the Rebbe a small a cup with a little liquid in it, water, he'll pour a little more. You fill up the cup, it'll pour over. It all comes down, what you bring to the table. The Rebbe said it in, in hundreds of sikhs. The first Rebbe, Yudshvat, the first official, he said, at the end of the, after the Maimer, he said, don't convince yourself, I'm going to do your job for you. The Rebbe said, I don't decline from helping, but each one of you has your job, and I will meet you halfway, basically. The principle of the Rebbe's whole shli- of everything. All the people that tell you that the Rebbe took me and sent me here, sent me there, I'd like you to. Them, I'm almost, I, I have not found one case like that. Even from the first shluchim, the Rebbe did not take Rabbi Geshem and told him to go to Italy. He wrote to the Rebbe a few choices, and one of them was that. And the same thing with almost everybody. There are instances where the Rebbe told, told a shliach or something, go do something. Or if you came and said to the Rebbe, I, I want. What do you mean, sending the Bachram to Australia? Oh, Groner. Groner was in Buffalo first. He didn't no. start with Australia. But there was a request from Australia. It wasn't so simple. The Chassidim there wanted a Rav. It always started with, I'm not taking away because the Rebbe didn't work that way. He was not going to command anyone to do anything. He was going to tell you what I want. And then you have to be wise enough to figure it out. The Rebbe did not want to, first of all, put anyone in the sign that I'm telling you to do it and then not do it. That's the Rebbe style throughout. You're going to give me one exception, two, maybe you'll find. But it's definitely not consistent. Everywhere you, you had to mobilize yourself, then the Rebbe came and met you halfway. It's, I, I know I've heard many people tell me all kinds of things the Rebbe told them this. You start digging, you find out, yeah, you, you told the Rebbe two options, so he told you that. It would never started out, I'm here, you tell me what you want. What are we supposed to do with this generation? So, I, I, we spoke yesterday about the Nitzchis of a Rebbe, you know, here, Atzmis of a Rebbe. You, there's no question, you've, you, you can find a way to get your answers. Habedrachim Lamakim. As I said, it could be the oil, it could be Igris, it could be a taxi driver. <laughs> to me, they're all God's messengers. Really. I'm, if you're a believer, why not? You could ask yourself a question, go into a cab, and say to the cab driver, hey, what do you think about this? That may be the answer. Why not? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, don't, don't, don't quote me in advocating. Uh, no, I understand. Okay, so we continue on. So now he says, "Vehini be'emis yeshlem de'ikin yisvidus be'emis b'madrig shlemayel matzilus." 
that the main primary behira is, is now he's saying in the higher levels that are higher than Atzilus. Both from the perspective of the containers and from the perspective of the energies. Because remember, we spoke that it works like this. It's not like the Kalim let go, the Kalim bring you to the air and then they go back, then they are shed and you just now travel alone in air. Is the Kalim become elevated to be refined enough to be channeling the air? Then the air starts bringing in higher energies into the picture. Okay. So the Hine, Bechinas, Bechinas, Kalim, how do you do with the Kalim? That's the saying, Kamosh, Esi, Saksav. Now he's starting with the containers. It's, from the level of containers, it's known that the containers of Atsilas are an example, are like, are like, for example, the letters, written letters. And the Kalim of Keser, and Kamoshal Esi Sachkika. The Kalim of Keser are like the letters of Esi Sachkika. So, where do we have these words before on page Rejvov? If you remember, he spoke that. Uh, and the Asis was right in the beginning of the of the whole topic of Lovin and Yaakov. That's why Asis Achkika is from the same material. It's from the stone itself. Asis Aksav is an additional thing that you're writing on it. So in Kalim itself, you have two types of letters. Talk about letters. You have letters that are engraved and they're part of the thing itself. There's letters that come from outside that are additional elements. So that's the difference in Kalim of Atsilas and Kalim. He spoke about the Parsa, that according to the Piddush, that Lovin is higher than Atsilas, so the Parsa then is Keser, between Keser and Atsilas. So there, the Parsa, the, the, the veil, the curtain, is Take, like a Chida, like a riddle, disorganized letters, but it's letters from the same material. It's not separate Mus. Once you get into Atsilas, then you're talking about letters that are written letters. Bringing examples from the same Indian, right? Hmm? Yeah, that would be like Mishalim in the same subject matter, and one is Mishalim from a strange subject matter. But they're both examples. They're both concealment, but one is a concealment from within that same topic, and one is completely different. We spoke about it then. In other words, you can bring an example from a completely foreign world in order to relate to the person, or you can bring an example in that same world, an example to explain it. That's one place. Then he also said, if I recall, it's all going back to that, I see. Kedik Tzadi Gimel. I think. Let me see something here. On the top here. Yeah, maybe not. I have to I have to look for it. Just want to see one thing. No, no, I'm sorry. Not Sadi Gimel. Chapter Kufay, Reish Gimel. It's on top there because Kamshim will come to Yeah, you see there too. Moshel Kerch Zanev Shal Bchinz Gimel the In Halam Shalom Ruzer. Just referring, because I think he's going back to this now. See? 
Good. So he's saying, so in Kalim there's also two levels. Remember, Kalim here are Asius. Because Asius are the Avonim of, of, of Yaakov. So there's two levels itself. So what's the Vahefris by name who? So what's it? Kalim Shabakesa and Kamoshal Asius Akhika. I like the example of grave letters. Vahefris by name, the difference between them is this. You do it the basis of who It's known that the letter in written letters, the, the ink is a separate thing from the from the parchment, and it cover and it conceals it. When you write ink on a parchment, you're concealing that part of the parchment where the ink is. That's what the letter entails. And even though through the writing, you're revealing the parchment before was just blank. Now you're revealing letters, and he says in the parentheses, "Tigiliasis whom haklaf." He's bringing now in the dinim, dinim of Safras, like this, with scribe. The revelation of the letters is from the cloth, so it's not just from the ink. When you write a letter, it cannot be attached letters. It has to be surrounded by empty space from the cloth. So it says, Engvil, Mukafla. Kolesh Engvil, meaning it's, um, it's, para- it's uh, boundaries. Engvil is the clock. So Engvil, Mukafla. Yeah, the, 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 the parchment uh, around it is not surrounding it from Dalar Ruchusar, from all four directions. Psula is uh, invalidated. Harimuv Mazesha, Eshuma Klav Dafke. So we see from this that the letters specifically from the cloth. Why? Because why does it matter? That's why you need to have the, 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 the parchment surrounds it. Why? Who cares if it's attached? The message is there. If you write Anoichi, let's say the four letters are attached, but you can read it. As long as you can read it. Because besides the letter should be written clearly, it's also a letter on cloth. And the cloth has a... It's like what they say in uh, design, that the white space is as important as the black space. In design, it's not just the, the shape of the letter, but also how much white space is around it. In reading well, besides the fact if you had letters attached, it would be hard to read, but more importantly, basically means that the letters that are written in the cloth have two elements. There's the ink that's writing the letter, but it's also the cloth that's defining the boundary of the word, or the letter. That's what he's saying. So the cheder then is a question. That's revealing then. So why are you saying it's concealing? Like he said earlier. Yes, it's revealing letters, but it's through concealing something else. Because the place where the... Around the letter, you, only, you see parchment. But under the letter, you don't see the parchment anymore. Now you see a color. Black ink. So yes, there's a revelation, but it's through a concealment, basically. It's focusing on the cloth, not on the, not on the ink. Yeah, the gvil mukuf is... Concealing the cloth, that's the revelation of the letters. Mashenken contrast engraved letters in and over they're not separate. They're from the Evan Tev, the precious stone itself. You could say, why does he say Evan Tev? Why not Evan? Because he's talking Evan Sapir, Sampirin, the Luchas, etc. So when you engrave it in Evan Tev, even a regular Evan, you're not adding ink, 
what you're doing is you're taking the stone and you're cutting out from the stone. You're etching it in the stone. So it's from the stone itself. Nothing is, it's not, there's no foreign uh, entity. What's what the dogma is that? The dogma is that the example of this above is the kalim shabbat silas and kimhus The containers of atzilas are like a separate personality from the air. Only thing is, they're not estranged. They're not zor. They're not a strange uh, personality, meaning something outside of the realm of kedusha. Let's say the containers of biyah. The containers of Biyah are a completely different thing that are not from the Inyan of Atzillus. I know, this may wonder the question we said. Here it seems like the muscle is from the same Inyan. So clearly there's a third level. I'll get back to that. Because then he spoke earlier about the pastor was a muscle. Now it seems like this. That in Atzillus, the Kalim are aligned. They're, they're of the same idea as the Eir, except they're a separate entity. In Biyah, it's like actually using a Marshall Zar, a strange example. Let's say if you gave an example from um, from fire, you give an example from fire to understand Ruchnis. That's a Marshall Zar, because Ruchnis and fire are not the same thing. That's in Biyah. If you gave a Marshall of fire and say that, you know, fire is, um, there's the energy of fire and there's the, 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 the manifestation of fire, that would be more like the Kalim of Atzillus. So manifestation is definitely um, a separate entity, but it's from the same subject. It's not an example from the... No, it's in Ruchnis itself, you're giving, an, you're, so to speak, it's the Kalim. I, I need to give more examples for this, but let's just see where he's going with this. The containers of Atzillus are still Atzillus. Nevertheless, they are separate personality compared to the air. Based on the example I gave before, it's very simple. Energy is energy. A container is a container. In Atzillus, in Biyah, a container can be a light bulb. Compared to energy, it's pretty, pretty distant. In Atzillus, a container is not a light bulb. In Atzillus, the container is the personality of Chesed. Chesed, as I explained, expression of Chesed. But the energy of Chesed, the air of Chesed, is God's wish to, uh, let's say, to flow. So you're not talking here a a container in the sense like a physical container to energy. You're talking here a conceptual container. So therefore, they're they're closer. But it's still... But still, it's a different personality than from the energy. And that's why the core energy does not manifest in the containers. The containers therefore cover and conceal on the energy. You know what the best example actually? What am I going far? We use the example that I used before. In in Biyah, the Kalim are like Levushim. Like like the detached garments. That's a Dovazar. The Kalim of Atsilis are like a Vodim. Like the body, the body limbs. So the limbs and organs are not, I mean, it's not exactly, but they're not the energy, the faculties within them, but they are attached to them, and they're of the same personality, so to speak. It's not an exact example, because at the end of the day, the physical, the, the, the physical limbs and organs are more similar to clothing in the physical side than they are to faculties. 
if you know what I'm saying. But in one side of it, there is a similarity. So it's not a perfect example. But we need to find the right examples for it. I'm trying to find an example that works. You need it both to be... You know what? No, I have an idea. You know what? It's not Devarim. It's the faculties. The Kaya the power to see, to the Nefesh, which is Atzillus, is like the Kalim of Atzillus to the, to the Atzillus, to the Eir. And, and the Biyah would be the, 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 the Devarim. That, that's, that's a better example. That's a little more fitting. You see how, how far we are from this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fine. What time is it, by the way? It's 25. Okay. So what happens? In the faculty, in this example I just gave, the power of vision, yes, reveals as it goes into the eye, like the, like the, like the, the letters on the ink on parchment, but it's concealing the deeper parts of the soul. This is in general the way it is in containers, even the primis, also the primis of them. This is even true about the primis that as we explained in chapter 116, that that's where the container is similar to the energy, Nevertheless, it's a container. He gave the example of the eye there. The translucent eye is a very uh, transparent channel for the power to see. Why? He says, because the primis akeli has an element that's very much like the earth itself. So even that level is still a concealer. That's the bottom line. So it's like AC Saksav, like additional, like the additional ink that's added. Basic stuff is like Biao or is like Natsilas? Silas. Yeah. Compared to higher than Natsilas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, but 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 Natsilas, there's a cloud that surrounds it. Because what dominates, like with the faculties, is the soul's power, not not the the Kali. It's a Kali, but it's yeah, so but yeah, yeah. And the Biya, it's already now you're dealing with like Biya would basically be the example, not Diela Klav, would be ink. I'm just a regular, regular piece of paper, or uh, even worse than that, uh, um, words, printed words, printed words. They can be on top of each other. In other words, it's the words, it's the letters are more dominant as, as than the energy. See, cloth and, and letters on the cloth are still part of the sefer teda. There's a certain the, 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 what dominates there is the sefer teda, even though they're letters. I'm just throwing that in. Okay, so this is. Like the clarity of a glass a window. A window is at the E or matter, right? Schuchis is more glass. Shibadema, it's similar to the Bihirus Air, to the clarity and the brilliance and the brightness of light. of the light of the sun. Like the behiris, like the clarity of the physical eye that is similar to the power of the of the light within the eye. Nevertheless, so both these examples, there's a keli. When you look at a glass, you look out through a window, a clear window, you see the sunlight. Almost as you see sunlight itself. But can you say that the glass is like seeing sunlight itself, as the light itself? No, it's one step below. 
because it's now com- coming through some type of filter, except it's a transparent filter. That's the example he's giving now. Same thing with the eye. The physical eye le- lets light, the light of vision to shine through, but the brightness of the light of vision is still a step above than the container, even though this is a primis akelim. These are examples of primis akelim. I dominate. I, we didn't speak about dominance. We're just right. talking about they. They both there. Air and Kali exist in Atzilus, and there's distinguished between them. E- even if correct, even if the Kalim dominate in Malchus, they're still transparent. Correct. Yeah, that's that's a correct statement. That they're transparent. In Biyah, they're no longer transparent. They're already now colored. The truth is, compared to Chachma, even the even the spheres are colored. But it's talking about Primis HaKelim. So Primis HaKelim are more transparent. Essentially, Primis HaKelim is like the color white in the levels of the Kelim. Except in Chachmah, it's much stronger. One second, so. Kim lak behiris hachem elevat. Amkomak de'inze behiris hashem shebehiris eiradiye. Kim lak behiris hachem elevat. Because it's not the behiris, you're not, you're, what, you're, what you're experiencing is not the brightness and the transparency of the light itself, the energy itself. You're experiencing the brightness and transparency of the chemer. That is happens to be transparent, so it's a transparent piece of matter. That's the key here. I got it. So matter and energy, but you could have matter that blocks. You could have matter that's transparent. A perfect example. We talked about superconductivity. They're looking for so superconductive materials. What's conductivity? When uh, when heat or electricity or energy. So the the best conductor that we use today is usually copper, or brass, copper. Gold is even a better conductor, but it's too soft. It can be turned into wires. Silver is a very bad conductor. What's a conductor? A conductor means a piece of matter that is very conducive, that doesn't put up a lot of resistance allowing it to flow through. Like, for example, try to use a piece of metal to light a flame. It's not going to work. Wood, a wick, is conducive containers. Everything needs a container. The more coarse the container doesn't fit the, the energy that flows, the more it's going to block, the more resistance. One of the big things they had to accomplish when they created microchips, which is uh, microprocessors and chips in computers, was ha- to create materials that can, can, that can allow so much energy to flow through. If you don't have the material, it'll burn up. That's why it's made of certain different type of synthetic or whatever stuff. So superconductivity where there's zero resistance. I think with copper it's something like 0.2% or something. Meaning that if the flow goes through copper, it's diminishing the energy by a certain percentage. The superconductor would be a material that literally lets the energy flow through the matter. But it still would be matter. So this would be a great uh, study, is to find ma- materials in Elam Hazen that are premiums, like, you know, that are more, more, uh, less resist- more transparent and less transparent. This is a, a very good example. Yeah. So it's still matter. The pane of glass is still a glass. It happens to be that it's clear. But it's matter. It's still from the world of matter, but a world of matter that allows energy, to the light to flow through it. But you can't compare it. It's like, So what makes it premium psychedelic? Because the chemer ayin mamish, the physical eye itself, that's like all the physical, like your hands and your arms and so on, your arms and legs and so on. So it's, what's the difference between the eye, let's say, and your hand? If you talk in the world of matter, they're both matter. 
they're both closer to each other than they are to the Er, the Kayach Hazrika uh, and the Kayach Hariya. Because both of them are spiritual. But there's something in the eye that's different than the other parts. The eye has in it, like he says, if you put, God forbid, your finger in where your eye is, it's not going to be a conducive conductor for the power to see. So there's on one side, it's a chemer. No, it's one side, it's a complete keli, like any keli. On the other hand, this matter is, is constructed in a way that is a transparent channel to see. So it's 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 compare it's comparable similar to the tzurich it's basically tailored to it so to the area but all this is in the is in the chemer therefore the end of the day it's like sav it's like written letters it's an additional thing it's not within the same matter it's not that the power of sight has manifested itself in some way. It's the power of sight in a physical eye, but the physical eye is aligned with the energy that's flowing through it. The same thing is above. This is an example. What's above? That also with the container is similar to the energy. That even with the container is similar to the oil. It's still all container. It's still an additional thing. The fact is, the physical eye is additional element, a foreign addition to the power of vision, to the power of sight that the soul has, even when it's in heaven. Except it can't manifest. You can't see. Okay. And therefore, in every, everywhere where there's some negias akli, somewhere the keli, somewhere this matter is touching. Is affecting the energy is not revealed. The way it is in its coarse source. It's revealed, but not the way it is in its coarse source. Because as soon as there's a color, it has to shape it. So, uses the without the eye after. Yeah, but then we did say that, but it can't see Gashmius. That's the thing. Fine, because the Gashmius eye helps it, but, but the power of, but the power, yeah. Just like the brain, the mind can learn Hashogasolakus later. But to understand Gashmizdika things, we learn this. You need to have the Gashmizdika brain because it doesn't relate to God physical. So take the brain of an Ashama in heaven, the mind of an Ashama, it only relates to spiritual things. It won't relate to anything that's material. The question is after Nishama leaves, after 120 years, and once it did understand Gashmiz, does it remember Gashmiz? Or only experiences Ruchmiz? That would be interesting. Uh, discussion, or maybe 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 it loses immediately, or maybe it sees it only through you know. I would it, it, it's sometimes you think you know you're down here you're doing all kinds of things that are not so great. If, if all those neshamas are watching us and they're seeing it as we see it, that's not so pleasant. But if they see the ruchni, it's based on the they see. God's watching. Okay, God is uh, God. We've already been dealing with for all these years. I'm not as embarrassed in front of God as I am in front of my father. <laughs> God, you know, we can work our way through. He's, he's more, uh, you know, he's he's seen more. <laughs> he's seen it all. And I told you, my uncle, who unfortunately, was killed. Fitzy Lipsker. He was in Tzadimaristan. He was a fine guy.
killed in a car accident. Huh? Yeah, Yeral Shra. He's a very nice guy. He's a great guy. So anyway, so he was a kid. He was once asleep. There was a thunderstorm. So he got all scared. So he came running to his mother. His mother says, what are you scared? He says, thunderstorm. You know, thunderstorm is scary. So he said, you have nothing to fear except the Rebishter. Okay, he goes back to sleep. But, you know, the thunderstorm comes back. An hour later, he's back at his mother's bed. She says, now what? He says, Chameda from the Mebush. Yeah, it's, it's semantics. <laughs> yeah, good. I will call That's a call. She's adding now a rule. So as soon as you have a keli, that's a different thing. It's still it's not the thing itself. So bottom line. Ink on, on, on parchment, yes, it's part of the parchment. You need the parchment surrounding it, everything. But the bottom line is the ink itself is not of the same material. Even though it's revealing Aesir's Kedusha. For example, cloth without the letters, I believe, are not as holy. It's not even Makudish, I think. Right? I don't, know, I don't know exactly when it becomes... Does it have to be... I think there's a certain shear of how much you have to write. If you just write Bereshis, I don't know if it's enough. Maybe it is because the Kavona... Any of you suffer from here? How many letters? When would be start considered a safer tailor? How much? Yeah. Okay, but the bottom line is, so the letters are definitely a critical component, but they're letters and they're additional things. Okay. But the containers of they're not They're not like ink on parchment. They're not, they're not a separate personality from the energy. They're completely not a separate personality. Here, at the end of the day, it's as transparent as you want it. It's still separate. What would be an example? The example would be engraved letters. They, they totally do not conceal, cover up on the energy. And they radiate the energy the way it is, without any filter. One second, one second. The physical world. So we're talking now not kalim that are. Say, see, so kalim of so kalim of biyah. This is like levushim. It's outside. This here is transparent, but it's separate. Okay. Vagam de isi sakik gam ke machshirim machshirim ala eventev. Okay, fine. The letters of engraved letters are from the thing, but they're still machshir. So let's talk specifically when you. No, the, what it means mashkid? It means when you make the engraving, it's like a shadow. Shadow is created. You're taking stone out. So there's right now an area that's a little. That, that's why you see the letter. So It's only the the letters, right? The, it's, it's only diminishing the shine of the of the stone, not the actual stone itself. Because you don't have here anything that's a concealer or a cover on the precious stone. Only something that darkens the the light, the shine of the stone. It says it's concealed, but let's see. Remember, it is Kalim of Keser. We're not talking about air. 
there's kelim there too. He's just saying it's not the same type of keli. We're not talking that's completely air. It's, it's, it's subtle differences, basically. And let's see the, 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 the nimshal, the moral here. What is it above? Because now, in the, in the cover-up of containers, there's two things. One is that the core entity of the energy is not manifest in containers. Only an external element of the energy. In this element of, 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 of the container, it's not that the container conceals or covers on the energy. So it's not like the container is coming as an active force to conceal. Means it's only um, circumstantial. It's incidental, so to speak. Why? Because what means incidental? Because it's going into a container, automatically it conceals. Not because the container is coming t- it, it, intention. I think that's what he wants to say. Let's see. Because everywhere where something manifests a container, you don't have the core anywhere that manifests. It's only a reflection. Let's see the second one to understand the first one. I'm not positive what he means. But that usually means it's an incidental cause. It's an incidental Consequence, consequential, uh, incidental consequence, not a direct. It's gaidim that the havakas should become should, should, should have a shachros. It's not gaidim that, that that the actual eventay is. Uh, yeah, but what's the difference? Not al master came through. What does the word gaidim levad mean? It's like a grama. It's causing that the havakas should should be. The one. Okay, let's see what the second thing is to see there. Vabeisha er amislabish who mehelam must who misalam Yeah, the second is that no, that the er amislabish is actually. Is actually being concealed and covered up by the containers. Now, the first way is also by uh, engraved letters. Because the first thing, yeah, that's the difference. The difference is whether, like, I'll give you an example. When you pour. When you pour, uh, let's say, your liquid in the cup, the cup is not coming to conceal. It just happens to be that a keli is, is automatically going to conceal because that's its nature. But when you, for example, give a mussel, an example for idea, you want to conceal it. It's not a derech The whole point is to conceal it. That's its intention. It's not a side effect. So that, that's what he's saying. The first thing... Since there's kalim in, in, in the fact that there's letters in the engraved letters, so at the end of the day they have to do something. They have to conceal something. Because if it was the etzim, it would be stone. It would be the stone. The fact that there's a letter, that alone is telling you. But they're not. But the letters are not coming to conceal. The letters are coming to tell you a letter. It happens to be when you make a letter in something, it's a keli. It has to in some way conceal. But the energy that, uh, that, that's, that manifests is not at all concealed or hidden in these letters. And that's what it means that the letters only darken the, the shining, the brightness of the stone. Meaning the core energy. But the air that mislabish behem, but that what the letter is, the letter, in other words, is not revealing, is concealing, incidentally, the whole energy. 
But what it is revealing, there's nothing concealing at all. When it comes to ink on parchment, the ink itself is a concealer. It's already not of the same material. This is the difference between written and engraved letters. The written letters, they are containers of atzilas that conceal and cover up on the energy that manifests in them. The kalim shalemaylam atzilas ain't a mechasim ala edis hamislabish b'teichem. But the kalim that are higher than atzilas do not cover up on the energies that manifest in them. And the energy shines as it is. Basically, he's saying like this that in the chikik in keser higher than atzilas, it conceals what's higher, the higher level of air. But the level that it is doesn't doesn't conceal. In Kalim of Vatsilis, it conceals not only the higher level, but even what it is, even even its dimension, it also conceals. You see the distinction? That's the key distinction that he's saying. It's a cut, uh, if to if to elaborate on this. One second. The letter is seen, it's just, what's it causing? It's causing a shadow. Like what you were saying before, the around it, the oil around it is the, is the higher... I want to give a good example. I want to give a good example for it. Yesterday, I gave, we spoke about you know the kindergarten to the advanced, where at the beginning you start with letters, olive bays, you begin to understand their words, ideas, and so on, to a point where the letters become almost invisible, and all you hear, all you sense is the idea. Like when you're thinking of an idea, you're not thinking in letters, even though when you start expressing it and so on, you see there's letters. So I think the key is just trying to find the you know this is not just technical. There's a there's a concept here. There's a level of letters that's expressing an idea, but the letters are almost um, there's an expression. So it's an idea. Like the difference between when before you think of an idea and after you think of an idea, there's some letters. When you start to think of an idea that before that a minute before you weren't, there's letters. But what kind of letters are they? They're letters like kesser. Their expression, I'm thinking now, 2 plus 2 is 4, and I'm not thinking that day comes before night, for example. So there's a concept here. But at this point, the letters are completely of the idea. They're not yet in any way a substance of their own. So there are letters. Compared to, let's call it your whole seichel, someone say the idea 2 plus 2 plus 4 captures the whole brightness and brilliance of your mind? No, it's one idea. But it's, but it, but it's an idea that's shining, but it's an idea, that, but it's a specific parameters. There are letters. There's Anoichi, Hashem Alekecha, is engraved on the on the Ten on the on the Luchas, and not the other words, not Bereishis Bar Alekim. It's a different message. If you're going to say, is it as bright as the stone itself? No, because I engraved it now. Also, there's also two types of engraving through and through, where there's no shadow. But I'm not going to get into that right now. You engraved, so it has a message. So the message is completely illuminating. Going back to the artist, the artist is envisioning now a piece of art. Only one. Is this his whole brilliance? No. Compared to Erha Bligvul, it's definitely a, 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 uh, it's concealing the Bligvul. But what it's revealing is completely him. There's nothing concealed here. In the energy itself, it's t- the t- total energy of the idea, 2 plus 2 is 4, is there. Nothing compromised. Once it gets into Atsilas, now I'm going to explain it to somebody. Now you're already putting it into Asius that you're going to write down, not engraved. Here, by explaining it, you're already diminishing even the concept of 2 plus 2 is force. Even the idea of it is now also diminished. So that's the difference. 
There, the only thing that's missing is you don't have all the concepts that you have, the whole seichel, the whole bligvul, so to speak. But you do what you have is illuminated, and it's of the same personality of your seichel. Once you give examples for it, once you begin to um, manifest in something a dover that's not of the muhus, it's already ink as opposed to the parchment itself. You're now limiting also the flow of the energy. So there's two things that kalim do. One is kalim express an idea. Another, Kalim conceal an idea or diminish it. In Chkika, you only have the first thing. In Ksiva, you have both. That's the bottom line. I think that's the, that, that, that's pretty clear. No? So the idea is, so in other words, the concept, you have it completely in its full shining in Kesser. But once it's written down, even that, that, that then the, 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 that goes away as well. That's also diminished. So Kalim of Atsilas. Wow, this is a very, this needs a lot of explanation. I think we'll stop here because of this. No, because it goes more deeper. I don't want to go to the next level of Sechel. One second, one second, one second, one second. And this we're not even talking about Levushim and Dover Zom. We're not even talking about Biyah. Atzilis is already. I know, I said that. I said that before. Because he says the Parsa. I think the difference is the Parsa. We're not talking about the Parsa. We're talking the Kalim of Atzilis. The Kalim of Keser. The parse is where disorganized letters. I'll, I'll explain it. I'll explain it. Yeah, I think it's the parse that's a result of kes, of Kalim of Kesser, and it's the parse as a result of Kalim of Atsilis. So it's another. We'll, we'll discuss. That's already we're giving an example. So it's an example of the same idea, or it's an example of a separate idea. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Because here's the Kalim itself. We'll go through this. This needs again. Oh God. <laughs> okay. So we stop here. We did the beginning half of chapter one twenty one. Page Reish Lamedala 234, 235.